And welcome back into the Scoop on Life. We are joined again today with Claire Colwell. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that we had her on sometime last year. Um, She shared her story with us. And I'm going to give you just a little refresher. Obviously, you can go back in our podcast library and find the interview with her. If you just search, Google search Claire Colwell and her story, you'll be able to find several videos, um, posts by her, her website, and we'll get into exactly where you can find more from her. Um, But just as a little uh, reminder here, and if you're new, haven't heard of Claire, her story, you are going to love this and excited to have her on. Um, She has an amazing, incredible story that she is letting God use um, in her life and in her ministry. And it is just an incredible story of grace and of redemption and excited to have her back on the podcast today. So I'm going to share this with you really quick and then we'll jump uh, into the interview. But Um, Claire's story began when after being raised in a loving adoptive home for 21 years, she decided to meet her birth mom and got the shock of her life. Um, At the second meeting with her birth mom, uh, her birth mom confessed that um, when at 13 she discovered she was pregnant, she had gone to a clinic for an abortion. Uh, Yet after the abortion, the pregnancy continued to progress. And what Tanya's doctor had overlooked was that she had been pregnant with twins. The abortion um, that had terminated the life of Claire's twin had miraculously spared her life. And embracing the unique circumstances, Claire soon began sharing her story with the world and urging her listeners to understand how abortion takes the life of a child. So, Claire, thank you so much for joining us again today and excited to talk with you. Thank you so much for having me. So, um, again, as we mentioned, Claire's story can be found online. Um, We've had her on the podcast. She's had many other interviews where she goes into detail about her story. But the reason we wanted to have her back on today is that Claire has written a book with her birth mom and with her her birth mom's kind of perspective and input as well. But it's just really Claire's story. And it's called Survivor. It's coming out toward the end of this month, I think maybe in about two or three weeks um, April 27th, April 27th. So 20 days from now, less than three weeks. And you can pre-order that basically wherever books are found. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, but Claire, you have an amazing story. We've gotten to talk with you on the podcast before your book is now coming out. That's going into great detail about just your story and the things that unfolded before and have unfolded since then. And you've been sharing it for a while, um, as a speaker and on those platforms that you do have as a speaker, But I guess what made you decide to write a book about it? What made you decide to write Survivor? Well, that's a great question. I I guess I wanted people to have a resource, um, not just a a story to read about an abortion survivor, although that is incredible enough that people should be educating themselves on how many people are surviving abortions, what abortion is, what it does. Um, what it, what it's done in our society, so many things. Um, but that wasn't the, the, the biggest thing that I wanted people to get out of this book and my reason for writing it. I wanted people to be able to um, read my story and just realize that I'm a person just like you, just like everybody that's listening today. I'm a person who has struggled. I'm a person who... Um, has had ups and downs in my life. I'm adopted. I survived an abortion. I've reunited with my birth mother. I'm now a wife and a uh, mother to four children. And I just wanted people to have um, a bigger picture of what God has truly done in my life. Um, Because maybe you're like me and you found yourself 
uh, in the trenches at, at some point in your life, or maybe right now you're in the trenches. And um, as I look back at my life and um, at the things I've written in Survivor, uh, you'll see that God met me in the trenches every step of the way. And so I, I hope that it will be an encouragement to people um, as well as eye-opening about how God can create something beautiful out of something that was meant for evil or something that was hurtful and harmful to us, but also that it will put a face and a name and a story with the unborn child and with the woman like my birth mother who um, finds herself in, in a moment of desperation and is looking for support and someone to walk alongside her and tell her that she's worth it, as well as the person like my parents who, who couldn't have a child and longed for a child and God gave them the desires of their heart through adoption. And so there's so many pieces of the puzzle. Um, but the, the biggest match message is that there's redemption and there's hope um, found in Christ. And so, um, yeah, that, that's the reason I wrote the book is just to be able to encourage uplift and, and bring truth, uh, a, a truthful perspective to people as they read it. Um, and, and bring that truth in love and, and share it in a redemptive, hopeful way. Well, and when you were talking about your birth mother and the difficult situation she found herself in, you know, women find themselves facing unplanned pregnancy all the time. And we recently talked on the podcast with um, our pastor and he was just really encouraging Christians to basically do some self-evaluation and to say, why am I pro-life? Am I, am I pro-life um, for the sake of winning? You know, if the legal battles in our country were won, would we, would we be content with that? Um, are we pro-life um, because God is pro-life and in the gospel we see the need to love life and, and, and acknowledge God as the giver of life and basically saying, are you pro-life, but in a way that has nothing to do with God and his gospel. And so one thing that we talk about often, whether it's just Chase and I talking or at our local pregnancy center to say, how does the church need to respond differently? And so thinking about your story, thinking about your birth mother, the difficult situation she found herself in. Now here you are advocating for life. You're telling your story. You're seeking to bring awareness. You're seeking to bring truth with love. What are some things that you think the American church specifically could do and should do probably different when it comes to being pro-life and the why behind it, advocating for life, supporting women who find themselves in difficult situations? Because I think frankly, churches sometimes just are um, uninformed about the the real needs the real ways that they can respond and so what are, what would be your advice or perspective on that you're, you're exactly right the church is uninformed but even more than that they're scared they they don't want to talk about politics and for whatever reason abortion something that affects human life something that affects the heart the soul the the body of a woman and a child for some reason it has become this political issue when when truly it's a it's a people issue it's a heart right. issue it's a god issue and so it has been interesting because when I learned that I had survived an abortion, um, I had never really thought about the issue of abortion. I think I would have said that I was pro-life just because I'm adopted. I know personally what an alternative to abortion can do for a child and for a family like mine. Um, but I had never thought about the issue. And, and I think the reason is because 
growing up in my church and my parents were missionaries. They worked for Campus Crusade for Christ, what what it used to be called. Now it's crew. Um, I grew up in this solid, solid Christian home, going to church every time the doors were open. You know, I was at every youth group, every um, Sunday morning service. We actually went to, to two Sunday morning services so we could sit in big church and uh, youth group on Sundays. And I never, not one time did I hear abortion talked about from the pulpit of my church or from my youth leader or from my Bible study group leader, or even really from my parents. And these are all incredible Christian people, but they are silent on the issue of abortion. And so I think the biggest um, problem we're seeing in the church when it comes to abortion is apathy. Uh, The church is apathetic, which actually leaves the members of their church silently suffering in the pews because they don't know they can turn to the church. And even me, when I found out that I had survived my birth mother's abortion, I didn't know that those people were who I should run to. I I spent, you know, a good few years and I still am navigating my place in this world as an abortion survivor, living in a society that doesn't want to acknowledge I exist doesn't want to acknowledge my humanity and my survival story and the pain that abortion has caused me and my birth mother. And to this day, the church as a whole, the majority of the church leadership is silent. And so Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry is over there screaming, we're here for you. We are ready to serve you. We have the solution to your problem. And yet the church is silent. When if you look at the heart of God, um, you will see that the church is the one that should be screaming even louder. The church should be telling women, should be telling families, should be telling parents of teenage girls and boys, should be telling post-abortive women and men and families, people who have experienced abortion like I have, they, the church should be screaming louder than the abortion industry saying, we're here for you. Not only are we here for you, we are a safe place for you. You can turn to us. There is redemption. There is hope in Christ. You can do it because we're going to make that possible for you by walking alongside you, by supporting you, by praying with you, by living life with you, and by providing tangible resources for you. That's what the church should be doing. But as a whole, the church's messaging by being silent is one of, this isn't a safe place for you. This is not the person, this, this is not the place you can turn to. There is not hope and redemption and healing in Christ for someone like you who's experienced abortion. That's what women are hearing. That's what families are hearing from the church through the apathy that that is in most churches across our country. And so it's time um, for the church to rise up, for believers to no longer compromise on truth, for believers to serve in their communities and their families and be that person that people know without a doubt. Um, There might be disappointment, there might be struggle, there might be hardship, but at the end of the day, you are someone that people can rely on. You are someone that people can turn to because Christ gave you a heart of compassion and empathy and service. And 
Christ calls us to walk alongside families um, in our churches and in our communities. And so it's time for the church to rise up. Well, and we talk about that a lot, you know, on the podcast about each individual person choosing, like you said, not to be apathetic. Like, how can I be engaged? How can I be aware? How can I um, be in the trenches, you know, and doing this hard work? And I believe, don't you in your book have a vision for churches um, part at the end there? There are so many incredible resources available to churches. Um, they just need to to find them and use them. Um, Embrace Grace is a great place to start. Uh, Focus on the Family has incredible resources for churches. Um, there are so many organizations, nonprofits uh, that churches can partner with, like pregnancy resource centers and post-abortive Bible studies that they can lead in their churches. Um, prayer movements outside of abortion facilities. There are so many things that churches can partner with and, and be a part of, as well as educate themselves through the resources that are available to them through Focus on the Family and Embrace Grace and places like that. So there are plenty of options <laughs> for sure. Um, and, you know, and so here, hearing you say that, casting the vision for what churches could could do and the potential ministry they could have and as I think about your book specifically and Survivor and and you being honest and upfront about the struggles that you faced that your birth mother faced um, as as individuals and, and listeners and people who follow your story as they buy this book and they're reading it and they're hearing your story understanding the difficulties behind maybe something they've never experienced I guess what would be your hope that when someone finishes Survivor, they turn that last page and they've read your story of of brokenness, yet grace and redemption, and you honestly trusting God through the process, what would you hope that their response would be, both, I guess, mentally, their response emotionally, but then also, is there something you would hope that they would then do as a result? Absolutely. I mean, I think I, I hope that people will will believe the truths about themselves after they read about Survivor. Uh, sorry, after they read Survivor, that they would believe the truths about themselves, um, the truths that God says about them, that they are are loved and redeemed and forgiven and restored and um, that, that God created them uniquely and wonderfully and has a plan for their life. And even in the moments where it feels scary, that that plan stands, that God wants to create something beautiful um, with their life, even the ups and downs, even the moments when, when they're in the trenches. And I hope that people will, will see the beauty, um, of life, the beauty of life that God created in his image with a purpose, with a plan. Um, he could have created anything. If you think about it, he could have created anything in his image, but he chose us. He chose life. And I hope that people will grasp just how much of an honor it is, but also a responsibility Responsibility it is for us as believers, as believers that know that God created Im- Im- uh, life, <laughs> sorry, that God created life in his image, um, that they will grasp the, the responsibility and the honor that we have to defend life and to speak truth. And I, I pray that people will be able to see how, how God took me on this journey of truly stepping out of my comfort zone, um, because that's what it takes for me to have controversial 
discussions, to talk about the most controversial topic of our time, abortion, to share such intricate details of my life on stages across the world. And now in this book, Survivor, um, that that's what it takes for me. That's what God calls me every single day to do is to step out of my comfort zone. And, and because I, I am willing to do it, he uses me in incredible ways and blesses me in incredible ways. And I hope that that people will have that takeaway that God wants to take you to places that you never imagined you would go. He wants to use you and your story and the intricate details of your life. And he wants to put you on the path that he designed for you to go and take you out of your comfort zone where he will use you best because that's when you're relying 100% on him. And I pray that it will um, stir up hearts to not be afraid to speak up like we just talked about. I I pray that pastors and um, church members, Christians, and and just people of, of morality and conscience that they will rise up and no longer compromise on issues of truth, issues that are now seen as um, these political issues that are truly, when you look at the heart of God, these are people issues. These are heart issues and that people will no longer compromise and will boldly stand for truth. Amen. (laughs) Um, And I hope that as you know, if you're listening to our podcast, that you will go and and pre-order Claire's book. It'll be out in just a few weeks here. Um, Claire, where can our listeners learn more about you and your ministry, but then also um, ordering your book? It's available where all books are sold, right? Uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It is April 27th. It is available in all bookstores. Um, Before April 27th, it is available for pre-order in all bookstores. You can find that information on my website, clairecolwell.com. I have all of the links there, and you can follow me on social media as well, at Claire Colwell. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for taking time to join us on the podcast. I was grateful for the opportunity to, um, to read your book and excited for more people to hear about your story and buy your book. And and then, um, as you just mentioned, be, be moved to, to action um, as a result. So thank you again so much for joining us. Thank you, Lauren. It was so fun to talk with you, and I appreciate that you have helped launch Survivor. I couldn't have done it without you. Well, it was definitely our pleasure. Thank you.